Hello, class, and you are listening to Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold re-education, wherein every week two lifelong friends gather to rewatch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nicktoon, Hey Arnold. I am one of your hosts, uh, and I have a teeny bit of a... I'm feeling sort of nauseous. Uh, my name is Michael. <laughs> and I'm your other host, Sean, and I'm in perfect health. Yes, much like Seymour the Disposal himself, but... <laughs> Okay, I wish I could say I would have eaten like a stuffed pepper or a taco, but as I told you before we got on mic, I just I had some cab weird cabbage. So buyer beware if you ever go to Trader Joe's, like maybe be on the lookout for the like southwestern chopped salad. Never eat cabbage, bro. I think just like maybe it's just raw cabbage is the thing. Like I dude, like one of my mainstays is just like stir fried like stir fried cabbage in the wok, a mm-hmm. little bit of like tight yeah. like black vinegar just like smashed garlic some like dried chilies like oh yeah hell yeah 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 maintain the crunch a little bit yeah for sure so, but yeah um, maybe it's just like in its raw state i can't can't do it i feel like cabbage is a pretty farty like <laughs> edge isn't it yeah probably i should really check the sound wiki for that very specific like fart sound that i just love so much that we've heard in like a couple of these episodes that like yeah like very just like bassy like the stomach rumble yeah kind of like something like that yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) well folks we are here at the well we finished season two that's we did it cray cray very very cray cray indeed (laughs) by the skin of our teeth um <laughs> monkey monkey nucleosis infecting teeth or otherwise honestly though yeah <laughs> it was, it was tough but it was there were there were there were moments it was a little laborious a little let's laborious put let's put yeah. it yeah let's be real with ourselves this is this whole podcast is, is pretty is about as real as it gets for a fictional show but uh anyways yeah. Yeah, man, we're here going to wrap up season two for y'all before we uh, go into season three. Again, you're not going to feel any of this hiatus because I'm crazy backlog of episodes to be putting out. And uh, you're going to you're, you're going to get it with, you know, all it's going to be super streamlined and you're, you won't even feel a thing. So don't worry about that. Anyway, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Good Pods, pretty much anywhere else you go for podcasts. Other than Stitcher, RIP, gone but not forgotten. Uh, leave, <laughs> uh, leave a rating slash review, especially if you like what you hear so other people can find the show. And again, shout outs to the folks on r slash hey Arnold for, I think, driving up our views. I think people are kind of going back and, oopsie, listening to all the old ones and working their way up through the show. So that's pretty cool. Hopefully we'll be at 4,000 downloads at some point soon. Wow. I know. That is cool. That's more than 10. It is more than 10. It's quite more than 10. Um, and you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at PC118Pod. Yay. <laughs> that was weird. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. I admit, I, li- I like recording when nothing is r- wrong with me physically, but I'll, I'll, I'll tough it out. Uh, <laughs> all right so we have a slight this is we have basically a few categories to run through here some uh you know just highlights or some gripes depending on the category we just want to mm. you know take another take another quick little lap through season two uh before we leave it behind forever there are some episodes here i could never watch there again things, i'd be completely yeah. happy and satisfied there are ones i'll come back to maybe and there are others that i will <laughs> definitely not 
come yes. back. Yes, 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 yes. All right, so let's just run through it and uh, let's just see see what comes up. If we're just going to start with just, just like overall impressions, I think it was hard for me to draw a bold line between how I feel about this season and how I feel about this season directly following season one, mm, mm-hmm. which is why I think as we had discussed a little bit of a, you know, a break in between seasons might be helpful to kind of just like cleanse the palate. Yeah, let um, it wash out. Exactly, yeah, because... I don't know. Season one felt in a lot of ways like almost like a highlights reel. Like I feel like every pairing had like a decent episode or like an okay episode. And this season just kind of felt like okay, right? Like there there were high points that weren't particularly high, but there were low points that were particularly low. So when I compare the two, like, you know, yeah, there's some good moments, but like I feel like the ceiling of episodes here quality for me was like fun episode versus mm-hmm. like good episode or mm-hmm. like great episode, right? Which obviously there were a few of them that, that I, I could uh, think back on and probably revisit that statement. But I mean, if there's anything that I enjoyed about this season, I think we get a lot of character pieces, um, whether that's like the season one, you know, taken off the cutting room floor or if it's just what they had had planned for us, I think. Mm-hmm we get to explore some of the characters a little bit more. And I, in my notes here, I hearkened it to smash bros, right? We're like, you don't play smash bros for like a incredible narrative. <laughs> you, you play because it's all these really well fleshed characters that have their lives and like stories all fleshed out in their own universes all together in one place. And I think that's what I enjoyed about, I think what this season is going to do for the following seasons is mm. now you've got some meat on the bones of these characters and it's not just the one-off gags. Yeah. For, for sure. the most part. Yeah. That's it'll good. make the one-off gags that much better. Yes, which will be yeah. way more like rooted in character and stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, yeah, these things are going to be way more satisfying as a result. I definitely echo that sentiment where it's like the character, like the, I, like, I love calling them character studies because it sounds so elevated. But but I mean, it's true. Freaking, yeah, Phoebe Cheats, the, the Herald. Study, yeah, the yep. Her- yeah, Gerald, Gerald's bike, Gerald's pyramid scheme. I'm just like yeah. colloquially referring to these Harold's uh, bar mitzvah, all the all of that stuff. Th- yes, definitely. This was a really interesting experience to go back because in you know in my memory I was always like, oh dude, season two of Hey Arnold, that's where it's at. Let's come on. I mean, it doesn't get any better, but I I almost want to do that again, but do it, it with my end of Jimmy Fallon impression. Season two of Hey Arnold never gets better. Are you kidding me, my man? Um, but. Anyway, this season was more of a mixed bag than I thought it was yeah. going to be. Super yeah. weird, like, to reckon with that actively almost every week to week, like, taking these notes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn, I don't like this episode as much as I remember liking it, mm-hmm. which is okay, which is fine. I, that's what I did on my on my other podcast, Two Old Souls. You can check that out, too, y'all. Quick plug. Um, it was an interesting <laughs> experience to get past all the iconic moments in the first of se- season one and just seeing how season two was slowly trying out new things, sort of really like new character pairings, right? Like Sid and Arnold, mm-hmm. like that's kind of weird. Let's see how that goes. Helga and Helga and Sid, or Helga and Stinky rather, sorry. Though I will say the season one leftovers, which I went in with like preconceptions of like, oh my God, this shit. I liked these way more than I thought I would. And mm. some of them wound up like actually standing above like some of the actual season two produced stuff, which was very yeah. surprising. Are there any particular episodes that like is the first one that is an example of that for you? The season of the season one. Yeah. Like leftovers. Let me just glance real quick. Actually. Oh, I actually did like a quick little rank ranked list of these. 
episodes real fast. Hold on. Oh, that's a cute idea. Yeah, it was it was actually pretty hard. <laughs> um, but let me just see here. Wow, like if we were gonna watch an order and like make our lives progressively worse, or <laughs> see how long we could stomach it before getting over sure. them. I mean, the I mean, in terms of just this happened to be produced within that bunch. I mean, yeah, Coach Wittenberg for for Jack was like. A yeah, crazy yeah. like Cinderella story come from behind. I didn't expect it. Like it was yeah. always, I always knew it was there. You know, watching it when I was younger. But here, I was like, "What the hell? This is so good." <laughs> yeah, really solid pairing. Yeah, me. I mean, Helga's boyfriend crush on teacher, I think, as well. Mm. Yeah, jumped out in the bunch. Yeah, in its own ways. Yeah, a little, yeah. like two episodes, kind of about like love and crushes and stuff, which was interesting. Kind of back to yeah. like packaged together. A general uh, motif, right? Yes, yeah, that, yeah. I feel like we didn't really. I mean, I think the in earlier instances of that really stuck stick out, like heat and snow being like the most obvious example. I'm kind of curious to see, yeah. like, I I kind of want to look out for that more moving forward to just see if there is some through line that connects the two halves ever, mm. if ever, and seeing kind of how that ultimately shakes out. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think. I guess I was almost expecting it to happen more frequently because you uh. think of heat and snow and you're like, oh yeah, these are like two, like it's, it's flipping the CD and it's the same artist, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. This, you know, you, you, you hearken them to each other. Yeah. I don't know. We didn't, we didn't get as many of those. It wasn't. Yeah. And again, definitely really resonated with what you said about like just the disjointed nature of the pairings. And yeah, just, it felt a little imbalanced and yeah. And it's like, I can't, and I still can't uh, decide. It's like, oh, would I prefer if I like the sec, the first episode better or the second episode better? But it's like, I just want to like them both, regard them both fairly equally, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It's all good. I mean, yeah, I still had fun doing it. So yeah. that's, that's kind of what counts. Had a good time all yeah. the way through. My favorite kid character of the season was Harold. I think he made such a strong showing in his... Sing in his, you know, in his character studies, her, her, uh, in Harold's kitty and uh, Harold's bar mitzvah. And then even just his, yeah, his, uh, his dumb little one liners, I think just got incrementally better too. Like just thinking yeah. of him, you thinking of him, uh, you know, riding his dumb little deflated bike around town. Um, again, yeah, my stomach hurts so ah, yeah. like all like, oh, I'm kind of scared and sort of nauseous. Like, he's, I mean, he's they've brought him down, they've brought yeah. him down. Like, he's kind of a reformed bully, I guess, more like anti hero, I guess, in a certain sense, yeah. kind of like Helga. And I just, him out. yeah, I just, I just can't wait to see and hear more out of our favorite. How many years would that be? Like, thrice held back fourth grader uh, <laughs> of jewish of jewish persuasion <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> favorite kid character i thought it was going to be harder but then the more i looked back at like my notes and thought about how i felt through the season mm. i think gerald was the standout for me mm. for one i think that gerald had a lot of really great moments in development through this season like whether you're talking about like um ransom right and you have gerald being like you know a down to commit to the bit big brother but also like let's let's do our best to try try to learn something from this and and help a sister out i love that and i think all of the other episodes we really start to see gerald settle into the straight man character and like the almost comedic duo from like arnold juxtaposed to whoever and then gerald bringing it back to semi-reality yeah and i really appreciate that element of arnold and gerald's friendship I know sometimes we see those things flipped and swapped where Gerald's a little bit unhinged and we get some of those this season too. <laughs> to who, um, Arnold? 
Sell my watches too. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, even those episodes were like really fun to watch too. True. Like, yeah. You know, Wacko's watches was good. Gerald Moves Out was like kind of silly, but also like not too bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, really liked Gerald a lot this season. It was. And it, I, w- mm-hmm. I wish we got more like story beats and more, more, uh, more beat poetry moments from him. Yeah. I do miss that. I did miss that. The, the that urban really legend narrations and stuff. Yeah. There were certain key things that were kind of missing, but that's, a, that is a good point. And I did, it is cool that we got to see like just how, I mean, they, as best friends do, like they do balance each other out. It's like, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, one person gets their time to fly off the handle and the other person requisitely acts as the straight man to kind of like the grounding presence and we sort of saw both yeah there were a lot of times here where Mm -hmm. like arnold was like off the rails head up his butt and like gerald balancing it out kind of i think as you would as a kid kind of like indulging your friend but also like (laughs) let me but still let me try to give you my two cents like i still just love the way he i still just love the way he toes the line with miss (laughs) felter he's like this is dumb as hell but let me give you some pickup advice anyway it's so good and then yeah i mean i don't know like maybe it's just coming fresh off of like runaway float and partners like i feel like a bookend to the season being like really them kind of seeing their friendship and what it could be should they let something petty get between mm, them mm-hmm. that, that probably rounded it out for me a lot and like, yeah it's almost that final decision for like you know i know i think i think this is the, this is the one i would rally behind right on what about adults who uh who stands out as an adult for you and it looks like you might, might feel similarly, my friend. It's a stalemate, uh, just like there was in Chinese Checkers. But we, yeah. we both win. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, both, we both win. We here. both loved Grandpa this season. That we did. That we did. For so many reasons, too. Like, I feel like if we're just going surface level, like, Grandpa had a lot of stellar, like, key episodes, right? You get Steely Phil. You get him being, like, almost the villain in... Um, <laughs> Four-Eyed Jack. You got a lot of really, really great grandpa moments mm. in particular. His jokes are hilarious, and they're starting to, like, he has his shtick now. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. And his shtick for me is that, like, ideal, I would almost say, like, 65-35 blend of unhinged to rooted. <laughs> right? Yeah, Maybe 60-40. Yeah. He yeah. does come off a little bit more rooted every now and again. Yeah. Um, But, no. Just like in in the short package deal that I'll I'll say like what a what a great season for Grandpa. It's yes, as I said uh, in my notes, uh, Grandpa as I know and love him really comes to life in this season, and the show really seems to find his balance between like his kooky borderline senile tendencies <laughs> <laughs> balanced with like he knows exactly what he's doing. Like the thing I always the the most like prototypical example is again is in a eating contest when like yeah arno he's pretending to sleep in front of the tv saying mm, arno mm, restore family honor please be in yep. the contest and he's like i'm such a wily old coot that you are it's, grandpa yeah you really are a wily old coot uh, yeah i think I'll, i think i'm gonna go back and like isolate the grandpa episodes and just go through those all and just like oh yeah make them into a movie but, yeah that- <laughs> oh yes and then yeah i mean we have our mainstay characters but i mean i think it's also good to call out like who is that favorite standoff like either one-off or like gag character Mm -hmm. or like kind of a guest star for you Mm -hmm. yeah like a one yeah someone who was just in one episode like i didn't really want to go with like recurring because like obviously 
they get rotated out as needed. But yeah, if like yeah. we're never going to see this person again, um, or in this case, this inanimate object embodied by the soul of a person. Oh, let's go. Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, yeah, we're we're killing it with the transitions today. Nice, good job. Uh, my favorite one-off slash gag character is the spirit of Emily Dickinson or Phoebe's projection of Emily Dickinson. I don't know. We, we're, we're, there's still, there's a lot of interpretations. How that, how that the, the character shows itself, not necessarily the statue. No, yes, yes. I mean, no, I don't want to stare at that face ever. It's so freaking scary. Mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm already hearing the creepy off-kilter harpsichord stuff in my head right now, and I'm getting kind of uncomfortable <laughs> as I do Love so. <laughs> Wow. It is spooky season. Yeah, it's true. Right on time. Right on wow. time. I lean heavily towards the abdicator. That was my honorable mention, but right? go on, like, go on. I think for one, idiot. Like, <laughs> I I love, I love so much. And he monologues. And he monologues to himself. He monologues to his to agent. <laughs> he monologues to his agent. Like, to, to Eugene. He's, he's everything that you want from like a stereotypical dumb Hollywood actor. Yeah. And I am obsessed. Definitely the favorite <laughs> of the one-offs for sure. It's uh, he did not abdicate his duties of entertaining us. Oh no, he showed TF up. Again. Is what he did. Yes, again. Thank thank you Maurice Lamarche. You just you just you're just a damn virtuoso. Love you. Lur, Big Bob, the abdicator. That Orson Welles guy in the Halloween episode. Um, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> um, interesting point here though on our MVP season MVPs, we just had our inverse favorite kid picks, so that was really mm -hmm. cool to see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, tell us you you wax wax on about Harold. Yeah. So it's interesting because my MVP of the season is Harold because of all the reasons that he is your favorite kid. Character. Right on. Yeah. Like and vice versa think, for me, but for yeah, Richard, but anyway, he, he really came into his own. He has those kind of like rougher edges buffed out to the most, I guess to the most that they should be. I think mm. all of the major beats all to Harold. Like they really, really do. <laughs> like he's, he's such an inciting event for so many episodes. Well, I didn't even think about that. Even, even uh. when he is not the core character. And when he's not, he's the most memorable of the gags, uh -huh. right? And I just, because I like three bullets, uh, after writing, all the major beats are his, all the major heart gags are his, but all of our hearts are his. <coughs> well, well put, beautiful. I I loved him so much this season, and maybe it is because, like, this is now isolated to season two kind of being a little bit of a chore, that his mm -hmm. brand of comedy kind of was the little glimmer it did. It was really like a right. shot in the arm when like things started to feel just like a little started to stag stagnate and the momentum starts to get lost a little like we could just usually depend on Harold like yes. coming in saying something really crazy or just, you know, just serving something that's just yeah. It just takes he shows up and you're like, "Oh yeah, this guy's yeah. great. This guy's this guy's great. I needed this. I'm stoked <laughs> for it." And Michael, tell us about Gerald and why he's the MVP. Yes. Uh, in my eyes for this, it's, again, uh, let me see. Yeah, what I really just appreciated was rather than him just yeah being, like, the cool guy uh, and, like, the guy who was just Arnold's kind of second, his lieutenant in all these situations, like, in season one, he really starts to step out of Arnold's shadow. Uh, and mm -hmm. we get to see, like, all the complicated pieces that make him tick from his family life, his ambition often kind of getting the better of him. 
uh, him wanting to sort of be above or beyond his family, but ultimately coming back home to them, like in more ways than one and showing up is like really cool. Honestly, it's like really complex shit, you know, Mm -hmm. and like that middle child syndrome, I guess coming in, you don't really think about that too much, but yeah, he is like the middle child. Right. And there's like, there's generally speaking, there's a lot of baggage that comes along with that. His need to be seen a certain way by his peers. Right. And like the pressures of kind of like maintaining that certain, like just persona or whatever, just like being able to pull off certain things. I think it was just a lot more, there was a lot more depth there than I think it's like given credit for. And it doesn't, it doesn't hit you over the head with any of it either. You know, I'm biased because he's my favorite kid character this mm. season, but he just feels, he feels real. And I'm a, I'm a fan. Mm. Yeah. And he's not super prone. I mean, other than like the occasional times where he does lose his, lose his shit, like with like the wacko watches and stuff, he's often put into these crazy scenarios just as anyone else is. But yeah, like, he doesn't come off as cartoony as like a lot of the other kids do yeah which is really Mm -hmm. interesting like i would argue that he's almost like more grounded than arnold in a lot of respects oh 100 yeah yeah gerald is the straight man of a arnold like Mm -hmm. he's he's the closest thing to a real person that's a good point yeah i think Mm -hmm. right because i i mean this is very similar to that conversation people have about like the office right where it's like you know it's a sitcom but everybody is like a character trope dialed up to 12 mm-hmm. and that's why the show is entertaining and if you were to meet and interact with any of these people in real life you would probably get so sick of them so quickly because <laughs> right, they're right. such a potent version of that yeah. trope and gerald is the one character at least for me right now yeah that doesn't feel like he's turned up to 12 he's turned up to eight right like he, sure. he definitely has a niche in the show uh-huh. but an eight next to the 12s that everyone else is and the 15s mm-hmm. of the curlies of the world mm-hmm. like refreshing refreshing mm-hmm. and helps the show feel i i would almost argue that gerald is the reason that this show gives the feeling that people do that it's like a mm-hmm. comfort and kind of like real mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. like now that I'm on the now that I'm on the soapbox, I think that Gerald is the backbone of the show. Damn. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Right on. I'm really yeah. curious to see if that holds uh, as yeah. we proceed forward. But very yeah. solid take this season. So, Sean, what was your favorite episode this season? So I couldn't pick a duo. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was hard. I understand. I was trying. I, I tried I, to do that. I mean, I I just forced myself to do that. But yeah, go ahead with yours. Yeah. It was hard to do a duo because I think all the best episodes were paired with some of the like, maybe not that they were bad episodes, but they were like really dramatic tonal shifts. Mm-hmm. So I went with Harold's Kitty because Solid. I laughed my ass off the entire time. <laughs> um, Harold is my MVP of the season because he's great. And I just think that the episode was just like, it was all the best things you want <laughs> of a cartoon where things are blown out over the top. Um, there's nothing about it that was there was nothing about it that felt normal and i loved i loved every single second of it i mean yeah we start with we start with a creep i mean we start and end with like a creepy like gothic house or whatever right with like yeah. rock iron fences yeah, yeah very, it was it was the new what was it called the Nebolt house yeah you exactly. made me go into Nebolt. <laughs> we're not friends um and yeah again the hostage situation which we that was probably the hardest I think I've we laughed get a, in a while. We get a helicopter. A helicopter. We get someone on a megaphone on a helicopter <laughs> that doesn't know how to speak English effectively. It's like there's a really tenuous grasp of syntax, yes. Yeah. So so good. Put the cat in the hands, the hands, the hands, the hands. 
dude so good so good loved it what about you what about you bucko this was yeah i i was kind of surprised by my pick here um I think it did shake out to be at the top when I did my little ranked list. And I think it what what I really appreciated, yeah, was I guess the through line being the focus on like sort of a character and their father figure, like what sort okay, of ties yeah. them together. So I went with Steely Phil and Quantity Time. Good pick. Yeah. Good pick. Because it was very, you get that, the whimsy uh, aspect of like um, Grandpa Phil's sort of, you know, his, his love for his heyday and everything like that. And just like his kind of aspiration. A lot of it is like kind of dreams unfulfilled, which I think is like what we, that's one of the things that makes grandpa, grandpa and you know, his yeah. occasional, well, okay. Relatively frequent, <laughs> um, um, attempts to, for Arnold to, you know, come in and do what he could not, <laughs> but ultimately yes. he does it himself with Arnold's yes. help, which is nice. Um, and then yeah, quantity time, dude, like, I remember hating this, like hating this episode as a kid. I think it just bummed yeah. me out too much. But I think, yeah. like as an adult now, and seeing just how, like, with a a more much more realistic and sobering understanding mm. of like how complicated like parent-child relationships can be, like not just as like adult to adult, but perhaps you know definitely from a kid to an adult. It just hit yeah. in a way different way. It just resonated way more. And it's like, as you speaking about, I think it's one of the more grounded episodes of this whole show. I mean, absolutely. Thus far up to this point, for sure. Um, yeah. I'll try to save. I, I, I do have thoughts about it later, so I'm going to hold off. Mm. But yes, that, those, that was my pick. Yeah, no, those are those are two really solid episodes, too. Mm. And like, I, I do like that connection of, you know, the through line is father figures, right? And, and what mm. that relationship looks like and you know, the expectations for us to put on the children to mm -hmm. solid picks. Yeah. Because big Bob does, does that too. Is like expects like just how good to like, like all this, you know, he's operating entirely yes. kind of off of his own assumptions of what him and Helga's relationship is. And grandpa kind of does a, his own similar version of that a lot, you know, a lot more well-meaning of course, but then you have the angle too. It was like, he's getting old. So of course he's going to want, like, he's going to want Arnold to be able to like take on these challenges and learn these skill, pass on the knowledge of fishing or Chinese checkers or, yeah. um, you know, Piloting model, boat. model boat <laughs> restoration. Yes, precisely. Yeah. <laughs> a, mess. a mess. Yes. Oh, you're talking about how like gross and messy the larva infested uh, Gibraltar was. I mean, yes. Also yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait till uh, Craig Bartlett sells, sells a sell of that one. On Etsy. Gross. Gross. <laughs> oh boy. Well, and you know, not that. It, what is you know what else is gross is my least favorite episode of the season and this was like the worst instance of like if we're like you know talking kind of like grading on a curve here i yeah. felt really bad choosing this because like the first episode was pretty it was decent like pretty good in its own regard but like the second yeah. half was just such a effing wet fart so yeah, yeah. i'm sorry high life but <laughs> wet but, <fart>. but, <laughs> but take take it up with best friends because best friends earned my ire as the worst episode of the season. I didn't care about it at all. Like getting torn between people is boring as hell. Plus, it's like it'd be one thing. Like maybe if like Arnold was being torn was really bad. If, if really yeah, if bad. Arnold was like being torn between like two characters we gave a shit about. At least. <laughs> yeah, maybe we would have cared. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe it would have been fine, but because it's like Sheena, uh, Sheena and Rhonda, or Nadine and Rhonda. Sorry, Nadine, Nadine and Rhonda. Yeah. It's like. And I'm like, 
I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm like, why? I don't care. I don't care about bugs. I don't care and about it's fashion. The second episode too. Yeah, so like, you're coming off of literally a high. Yes, of, and then of the high life. <laughs> <laughs> Like I just feel like I wish we had the fart sound. I wish we had the fart sound. Yeah, we'll we'll go through it. We'll find it. That'll be that. That's a project <laughs> between. That's a that's a hiatus project is to find that exact yeah. fart sound. Upgrade the soundboard, guys. <laughs> oh shit! Can wow, I, can I, Rhonda? <laughs> what a disgusting, disgusting, disgusting waste of my time. Um. I had a hard time picking best friends because that was the first one that came to mind. Mm. But then I started thinking of them isolated. Okay. And I realized that I have so much hatred for Teacher <laughs> Strike. I have uh. so much that I don't even think I processed it enough through our podcast <laughs> that they might need to book a session additionally afterward for how fucking stupid this episode was. I don't like it, sucks because I think. It was so bad that I don't remember what it was paired with, and that sucks. That's your good. That, that, me too. I'm like, oh, fuck. Tour, and Tour de Pond is so good. Tour de Pond is so amazing. Like, we had, exactly. we came, exactly. to, we had such a revelatory experience rewatching that. And then, yeah, to have it just like, again, just like watered down like crazy. Ruined. Like, Ruined. no pun intended. But yes, Teacher Strike. Yeah. How dare you? Exactly. And it just like, it comes in the same kind of justification that you provided to like quantity time being a good episode because like you watch it with human eyes like adult human eyes and this episode is just like it, it's got very real things going on with it but I feel like every decision that is made by every single character in this episode mm. is the worst possible decision <laughs> they could make and not for comedic effect mm -hmm. because they obviously thought the comedic effect was the kids thinking that it was just about coffee but even that was turned into some weird sexual tension. Yeah. I'll roast your beans, Miss Slovak. Like that's why she. That's why she or, left. She wasn't trying to leave to become a golfer. Person. She faced warts. Yeah. Well, warts kept his position of power, being being a you know a man, and yeah. uh, Slovak got the axe. I don't. I don't. And I won't. Get, <laughs> I won't get on the the soapbox again. But I just like. I think the the worst affront of this episode for me is that just like none of the moral lessons that could have been imparted mm. by this episode were even gotten close to scraping the surface of. Yeah. And that sucks because yeah. it trivialized the problem. It trivialized the solution. It trivialized the concerns from the kids. And even though arguably it was sweet that they like just wanted to go and study, mm. he had ulterior motives behind mm. it. And it wasn't like, oh, we really respect our teachers and we see how hard they work in all of these extra jobs and their passion for teaching shines through. It's like, no, we want our summer vacation. Like, yeah. Just fucking, no. It was, my time. it was weird. Again, I already take issue with like when the kids just get all hive-minded and stuff. And this was yeah. probably just like one yeah. of the more, yeah. like a, a very unsympathetic version of that. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to me ramble again. No, about it's, this episode it's all I good. I, I welcome it. Thank you for taking it to task. Yes, absolutely. Kill your darlings, people. Even yep. even one of the greatest uh, kids shows of the 1990s has some stinker episodes, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And you can still love the show. It yes. can still be, still be big dog. Oof. You can love something. Insert Roblox and still oof noise here. <laughs> right oof. on.
Okay. Michael, yes. what if instead of the least favorite episode that you would show someone so they uh. wouldn't ever have to watch Hey Arnold, <laughs> what if it was the other? What if it was the opposite? What okay. if there were episodes you got to pick to bring people in? For sure, for sure. As another ensemble piece. So I went with like a one that was already prepackaged. And as an ensemble piece, like showing like how like all the characters deal with like something, you know, in a crazy situation. I think Longest Monday is a better example of that. It's mm-hmm. kind of pulls you in, I think. It, you know, I think it, it definitely pulls you in. It's it's not indicative of the rest of the show. Again, like I've maintained that like Longest Monday is like a psychological thriller. Yeah. Again, yeah. Uh, slash chase movie or, or whatever, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, um, thriller. But yeah, it's it's really captivating. It's yeah. you actually feel the stakes. You like feel stressed out. Like you feel how much you see how much the characters are in danger, and you're kind of like plugged in for that. And then, well, me, I'm, I'm a big sucker. I mean, I just, for me, kind of echoing uh, the very first episode of the whole show. Again, I love Eugene. Like, that's unironically so. Um, and I also love Arnold trying to make things better for Eugene and continually making them worse. Uh, so Eugene's pet also following that up. Just because uh, you get you get Arnold's, you know, un- well-meaning, best intentional self. And then you just get... Eugene, you know, getting choked out by a snake. So what's not what's not to love? <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Okay. I wholeheartedly agree that Longest Monday is the gateway episode. I would throw New Teacher in there. Sure. Yeah, to introduce um, Mr. Simmons. That is smart. I, I think I think it's a good way to not only introduce Mr. Simmons, but I think you get the entire ensemble there in a way that's not them running for their lives. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think it would be unfair if you paired mm-hmm. these two episodes together because they're both pretty solid. You know, New um, Teacher is what Teacher Strike is like should have. Like, that's the best case version scenario you know, of that type of story. Yeah, that's a really good thing to say because I didn't think of that. So I'm going to take credit. I d- go ahead. I just I just yeah. literally realized it just now. Anyway. Yeah, I really like New Teacher because it's everything that Teacher Strike should have been. Yes. Patented, Sean. It's me. Just kidding. No, no no Um, sizes, no no. sources. New new teacher is so good. Like I think they realize that their actions have consequences, Mm -hmm. and they do their best to make up for that. Mm -hmm. And it's in a way that feels like honest, and that they actually learn something from it, and it's not rooted in making some benefit exclusively for ourselves and not thinking Mm -hmm. about anyone else. Yeah, man, I really like new teacher. Teacher's a good episode. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I want to. I want to get more Mister. I mean, we didn't get nearly enough Mister. Simmons here. Uh, I think yeah. so. Hopefully, more of that in season three. Moving on. Uh, just a quick check in on some gag runner updates. I'm kind of sad I haven't been using it as much this season. Like, which yeah, is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a few things definitely come up. Uh, were as noteworthy though. Uh, let's see. As far as Hey Arnold utterances, we got only 10 this season, which is weird as hell. I'm pretty sure I was paying attention pretty good. I think so. Bringing it up to 55 total. Again, season one really stacked the deck uh, on that one. Um, That's crazy. A sad shortage of Pookie Stone is not, not a lot of grandma this season, honestly, too. That was also kind of, kind of, kind of made me sad. Um, the ones that really stuck out being at her hippie persona, her Tarzan persona, um, her black cat and witch playing bagpipes, but Captain Ahab probably is like the the obvious standout 
with the parrots from uh, Big Caesar. Uh, my favorite instance of Brainy getting hit was actually when he just punches himself in the face because like he can't <laughs> tolerate that Helga didn't hit him <laughs> in a Helga's love potion. So he had to yeah. fulfill that compulsion. Good for you, Brainy. Yeah, Eugene didn't get hit near, didn't get hurt nearly enough this season. Uh, he only really got hurt in Eugene Goes Bad. Uh, Does he die in Eugene Goes Bad? Did he suffer a mortal wound this season? Nothing categorically bad, just a lot of tripping. Yeah. Uh, and getting his face uh, buried in like a sandbag. Yeah. Sand. And then doing a sick parkour transition through the ladder rungs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like like the like uh, Jackie Chan in Rush Hour Two when he slides yeah. through like the the casino teller gate thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, if he just said that was intentional yeah. instead of "I'm okay," basically. Sorry. I, I don't want Eugene's to voice this season was "I'm okay." <laughs> We're out of paint, too. I can't see very oh, well. We're also out of paint, everybody. <laughs> uh, oh, no, there's all the paint, all the the pet store mishaps, if you count that. So, yeah, you know, getting getting choked up oh, by yeah. a snake is always, he is may always have good. Died. No, he he survived that. He's maybe. asphyxiated. That's always yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Autoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Shall we move on to let's, the... Let's, let's. All right, all right. So now, the worst of hate, Arnold, again, uh, for guy. those who are paying close attention uh, or aren't, hate stands for holding accountable for transgressions. Even, Arnold, I do want to try and like focus more on the, on how we hold accountable for transgressions, uh, all the other characters moving forward. But Arnold, mm. I think, did not make a strong case for himself this season, Sean. Tell the people why. Because Arnold was terrible this entire <laughs> season. Like, he was the worst. He was the worst. And, like, again, for, for anyone that's using this as your gateway episode to the podcast, I don't actually hate Arnold, <laughs> but the whole thing here is that I remember Hey Arnold is this show that's like, oh, man, Arnold is so, like, morally grounded and, like, teaches such good lessons and is so good to people and so kind-hearted and altruistic and watching it now you just realize that all of it kind of has weird ulterior motives <laughs> or like he's trying to like pander for attention and like honestly in short he gets off on this shit so it was really hard for me to pick a specific moment that was the worst of hate arnold mm -hmm. my notes literally say can i say all of it because this was like a, <laughs> a rough this was a rough showing for arnold yeah yeah, um, yeah. he did good in the episodes with uh, dino spawn or with music i'll give True. him that i yeah. think he was he was fun in a character in one of those and he was good as arnold in the other but even then his weird little fucking fantasies in what's opera were weird too short list what's opera weirdo mm -hmm. using opera glasses to ogle women gross mm -hmm. he's got a thing for older women. ladies older women exactly yeah excellent gross didn't fair not that that is gross i also enjoy it an older woman but like let anyway didn't fairly win the eating contest and celebrates mm. his victory after it as well asshole multiple occasions didn't... in this season he <laughs> makes everything about him <laughs> ronda's ronda him. ronda's right <laughs> Everybody, Ronda's right, but I'll say it so you actually pay attention to it. You should sit wherever you want to. Yeah! And he just takes this moral high ground, too, that, like, you'll see. You'll see it, y'all. When you watch this show again, and you're like, oh, <laughs> what is that guy talking about? I don't get it. You know, watch it. Um, 
And then, yeah, I think you also have this listed as the worst. Well, actually, no. Let me get to that afterwards. Cool. Teacher Strike, the whole episode is bad. Mm -hmm. but Arnold particularly is, like, the one that motivates the group think. And, like, I appreciate that he tries to solve it with coffee, but also he obviously didn't think about what the actual problem was mm -hmm. one bit. And then goes off of that and then lets that be his truth and then motivates the entire team around it and, like, gross. And then, yes, we agree on this, I believe, but he wants to f*** his teacher that definitely doesn't want to f*** him. And then we'll definitely, like, definitely, either that night or later in his adulthood, we'll definitely to thinking of her moaning, oh, Arnold, knowing oh that her fiancé's name, soon-to-be husband's name, is Arnold. Darn glad to meet you. Gross. Yeah. Disgusting. Just... Didn't like Arnold this season. Yeah. Just okay. Less the less said about that, the better. I think I took all the took all the best words right out of my mouth. So I have nothing. I have nothing to contribute to that conversation. Oh, that teacher? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Just yeah. yeesh. Sorry. No. Big big ew. Okay. Uh, pivoting, <laughs> pulling out of this one, real bad, real good. Um, actually, uh, well, you intro the next segment. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that's just fine. This is organic. Yeah. Uh. We wanted to surface some of the moments that really pull at those heartstrings, right? And I appreciate that the show pulls at heartstrings in a couple of different ways, maybe mm -hmm. even more than a couple of different ways. I think uh, some good examples from season one is you you have Arnold's Christmas, right? And that's like a very like gripping story. And then you also have the moments that are like not just like happy turnaround as well. And I think this season had a couple of them. And I'd love you to start by telling us uh, telling us your heartstring tuck. Yeah, so again, I already kind of alluded to it earlier, but I wanted to just like double or triple down on just the overall bittersweet tone of quantity time. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily feel, at least me personally, I didn't feel great about how that episode ended. But again, it was just this like, you know, it's like if this is what Big Bob and Helga, if this is kind of the best they can both do in terms of kind of like showing up for each other. And there is, you know, that is something that I relate to heavily. Like I do remember there was, there was a point in my like early twenties where I felt like the mm -hmm. only way I could connect with, with my father was to like kind of be an asshole, like to sort of like, mm -hmm. because I felt like that's what he responded to the most. And at one point, like I got like super, I felt really bad because at one point it culminated in me kind of joining him and like dogpiling on my grandma, like, uh, and she actually like pulled me into the next room and was like, Hey, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, like it's yeah. one thing for him to do this, but it's like, you don't have to join it. You know? And I'm like, I'm sorry. You're right. Um, Shouts out to her. Yeah. Right on. My grandma sent me straight. Thank you very much, grandma. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was just, but again, like, yeah, to see just. It was, it's a super complicated thing. And then, like, we see Big Bob is just this, like, blustery blowhard, which he certainly is, but he is also just this dude who doesn't fucking know his children and really projects onto them about, like, his views onto the world and everything like that. Yeah, this this episode, I mean, it was just, like, a comedy drama, really, really or just more of a more dramatic than anything else, too. Like, and you just really yeah. felt Helga's isolation and everything like to go from say like uh monkey business to this and or monkey yeah. like like if i had to like sort of like the helga highlights of the season were definitely like love potion monkey business and and quantity time like yeah. really getting at the heart of sort of her like her inner life the way she has to sort of like really engage do, huh? uses her imagination to sort of kind of cope with things and like make sense of how big her feelings are and then yeah. bringing it down to earth to seeing Damn. just how kind of like emotionally stifling her home environment is. And like even like 
how sad she is that like or even how like how much she trips out that Miriam Miriam rather sorry like isn't gonna be around for her spring break because it's like even yeah. if she's like hella checked out like she probably just feels at least safer with her mom around or like more comfortable yeah. and just being stuck with Big Bob like really just throws her for a loop. I I also put quality time as one of those heartstring tugs mm -hmm. for very similar reasons. I think when a show that is a a cartoon like and not just a cartoon like animated but like a cartoon like for saturday morning cartoons mm -hmm. right <laughs> like when it can hit a dramatic note like that that i think i said this in that episode too but like simultaneously appeals to an adult audience and a kid's audience like that's magic that's what a good amount of disney and pixar movies do well it's what a good amount of dreamworks movies do well the ability to appeal to both audiences and i think quantity of time may not be that like oh loving heartstring tug that you're looking for but it definitely uh it kept it kept you locked mm -hmm. like i was i was locked in that episode yeah right? the other side of that is i do think there was at least one really like warm moment and it does stand out as like um something that i i could say did pull at the heartstrings and it's the ending to coach wittenberg yes i think from everything from like the colors the setting in the like drive diners parking yeah. lot drive through almost yeah like a couple of parking spots away in older cars like coming off of like a loss for one a win for the other mm -hmm. and also that kind of b plot of their relationship being strained walking from coach wittenberg's car to tish's car sitting down hearing hey coach i loved how that episode it was ended. so classy yeah it was mm -hmm. so so good not just because the episode was was good itself but hey uh I felt the love there. Yeah. I felt the love rekindle or at least the chance to rekindle mm -hmm. the love. And that's good for them. Good yeah. For the two of them. Yeah. Like head quick head cannon, but like maybe that's where like Tish and Jack like went when they were first dating or something. Like maybe that was their spot, you know? Yeah. And you know, there's a reason that she, she goes there too, to like lick her wounds after like losing the big, the big bowling match. Yeah. And then even more so of the head cannon, like coach Wittenberg knowing that that's where they would go to like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of cute yeah and again i you know it remains to be seen whether tucker's dead or in foster care he's, or he's, he's dead. a ward he's of dead. the state okay fine he's dead he's dead not that i want him to be dead <laughs> <laughs> for the purposes of our story okay for sure for sure oh lord go cool, cool. Um, <laughs> we're almost finished here folks uh just rounding out some more like well, you know real quick i feel like we probably should have had something about like best most eye-catching kind of thing and like i mean I'm, off the top of my head i'm gonna just go for a jack like that was such a sta visual standout for me as like the best looking yeah. episode of the whole season yeah um, i'd be yeah. hard pressed to name something else that even comes close yeah, yeah. i mean i think that uh Ooh, that's tough because mm. I feel like Torta Pond has mm. some really good visuals along yeah, it. Yeah, the way they play and with, like, again, the scale of the pond and make it seem like this big-ass, like, yeah. like, set piece. You know? Yeah. And then I have to go back to Longest Monday. Sure. Here. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Because I think anyone who watched Hey Arnold in this, like, in this particular era is going to remember the, like, safe house mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the junkyard. That was a good one. Good pull. Yes. But yeah, no, I think Four Eyed Jack also strikes it uh, pretty good. And the color the color and the scaling is, is Dude, interesting too. Very much so. Yeah. All right, Sean, what was your favorite like score, like musical cue, Jim Lang genius moment of the season? Yeah. I wish that I looked up the names for things so I could call those out, but maybe this works out because I know you do. Um, 
for one hard to say it's a it's a genius of jim lang moment but mm. i think it was genius using the classics for what's opera mm-hmm. like i think it was so smart because that episode is really really fun because of the way that they played with the like source material and then also the way they play with the lyrics mm-hmm. um and it stayed in something that you recognize but then my bonus is like i've said this every single episode we get old-timey like flashback fill music it's any of the music in steely <laughs> fill or like any of the music in any episode that we flashback like uh-huh. i love old-timey fill music for score at least it'll always take first place it really yeah that's yeah. really good pick i'm gonna have to go back and watch that again i might again after this maybe just a refresh but yes all the bouncy the bouncy nostalgia i'm like man like you want to walk down main street usa bumping that even i don't care if it's like a different corporation <laughs> competing with another it's it would be they right should donate. they yes. should donate some of these songs for sure for sure yeah. there's only so many times you can listen to freaking maple leaf rag um, oh, I can tell you how many because I worked. <laughs> yes, you did. I can still hum I'm the so entire sorry. thing all the way through <laughs> and the Christmas tunes. Oh, boy. All right. Well, speaking Great. of honky tonky piano, my pick is uh, I forget what this is. I'm just going to call it Eugene's Hippo Delusion, where he's uh, <laughs> feeding Elbert on school grounds. They. <laughs> <laughs> It just keeps going. It's like, it's it's just indic. It's just so perfectly indicative of like Eugene's mental state by that point in the episode. Like ever the optimist, but coming undone entirely. <laughs> like very much at the end of his rope. Um, yeah, he's, he's lost his. He's lost his marbles. Uh, and so Eugene um, would definitely play marbles, fucking weirdo. He probably would. He probably would. And uh, honorable mention is just like I. It's just was always stuck in my head. Just the little like the the football thing where they're running their special play. Like uh, I always thought it was cool. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, very just frantic. You, it, yeah. It's I just love the score where it just uh, I guess the term is like Mickey Mouse game, Mickey Mousing, right? Where like yeah. you can just mm-hmm. you can just picture what they're doing exactly as, as you hear the music. And exactly. it punctuates and accentuates the uh, the action. So yeah. Can you please say the name of it so this doesn't go flea, unheard? Flea flicker, razzle dazzle, fumble ruski. Thank you. Yeah. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah. Every time I say the word fumble ruski, I want to watch uh, Little Giants. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. Ed O'Neill kind of sounds like Coach Wittenberg at points in that movie. Now that I think about it, very blustery yeah. coach. Got one. Yeah. Dang, I watch wow. this shit again inspiration well, oh yeah hey arnold connection park is the uh the the field field goal kicker in little giants what the hell yes Michael? marcus doji he was also a movie <laughs> surfer and i met him at WonderCon 2015 just walking the floor <laughs> oh my god make out yes yes oh, that's um so cute. yeah what's uh what's our next dealio yeah so we didn't only have music that mm-hmm. was without lyrics we had music with lyrics <laughs> <laughs> and music we, and lyrics yes. if you will start with well the, the now culturally reviled drew barrymore <laughs> and uh hugh grant was it i believe <laughs> i think so i don't really remember yes uh but michael what were your favorite okay. music and lyrics of the season and i don't think we did this for season one no. so if you want yeah, to yeah. retroactive one in there yes go for it so season one just to uh yeah just to cover the bases my favorite like original song 
was Look Up, uh, sung by Grandma, and ah, yeah. later with Arnold, yeah, in the list. And it's just, it's just super feel good. Like, it is. It's, I mean, I don't know, dude. It's like, I wish, I wish my grandma had a song like that to have sung to me as I was growing up. It's like, you just feel it. You know, you just, it's just the epitome of that simp. Gra- I don't know. Grandparents have this way of just dis- distilling exactly kind yeah. of like what you need to hear. And you're generally speaking, you're probably going to be a little more receptive to it than say if like it was coming from your like actual parents or whatever. So there's always Mm -hmm. kind of that. And you're like, you know, you're giving them kind of the credit of like, oh, like this comes from decades and decades and decades of like experience and hardship and wisdom and whatnot. We don't really know much about grandma up up to that point or perhaps even ever. But, you know, like, we know, like this is her. This is kind of her character summed up in this one moment, really, like moving Mm. into like her optimate, like getting, you know, crane lifted the (laughs) the piano onto the roof and her enthusiasm about the whole thing. Like, it's just it's so good. It's so good. And then season two, I was very torn. But I I do. I did love you better not touch my gal. Uh, by Dino yeah. Spumoni. We talked about yeah. that last episode with how nice it was, like how endearing it was to watch grandma and grandpa kind of like be young again and like dance mm-hmm. on the coffee table. But the honorable mention definitely uh, bringing it back to what's Arnold was Curla Mio's uh, Toriador, Toriador song. Banger. Banger yeah. track. I am our resident Dino Spumoni simp. So season one is smashed. Season two is You Better Not Touch My Gal. I would be hard-pressed to find music with lyrics in this show that can beat Dino Spumoni's, like, the way that they channeled their music into Dino Spumoni. Ronnie Matthews is coming, baby. You better... Ronnie Matthews is coming, but that's novelty (laughs) versus... I know, I know, I know. I'm being facetious. But yes, the Dino Spumoni shit is, like, so much better than it has any right to be. So good. I would listen to full albums of this music. Yeah. Like, just incredible and like they're also tongue-in-cheek too like they fit the cartoon world because they're not like Mm -hmm. i guess you know larger songs about like heartbreak or whatever they're they're just like silly cartoon themes Mm -hmm. but set to like really solid music and really solid melody but also feels great performance yeah but it's also so like it feels so like it knows exactly kind of what it's like not parodying but what it's kind of aping but to the point yeah. where it becomes just as good. It's like what well, it's like freaking that thing yes. you do. It's like that was yes. written in 1996, but like you totally would buy that that would have been like the biggest song in the country in like 1967 or whenever that you movie happens. Yeah. Easily thought that yeah. this was music taken directly and just performed. Yeah. Right? And like not written original. Mhm. So good. Dino Spumoni is so good. So good. Slightly questionable sure. human being, but great artist. But then again, I mean, yeah, he's an art, an iconic musician. So what can you do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> pick the pick your pick your battles. Michael, I really liked this next category, but you thought of it, and I want okay. you to have the opportunity to introduce it because it's it's so it's so smart, it's so clever. Cool, cool. All right, so this is a slight credit or credits due. I kind of got the idea for this category uh, via the Confused Breakfast podcast. Those guys always talk about like. Oh, this is the prop I'm stealing from this movie that we're covering. Mm. Um, but I'm referring to this as the Arnold Alarm Clock Award. You can take this any number of ways. Uh, it can either be what, uh, what I guess, prop or plot device MacGuffin, I guess, is more of like mm. a, as a material thing or just like, yeah, just like physical prop uh, from that was drawn by a cartoonist's hands. What 
element of an episode you would want in real life for display or for your general possession, or if you could just create a piece of merchandise uh, indicative of this particular season, uh, what would it be? And this is another one of those. Because uh, there wasn't really a lot of Tay Arnold merch at all. Yeah. I think they kind of got too much. Yeah, I'd be hard pressed. I don't think there was really anything official. Like maybe there was like some Nickelodeon gack in the shape of like I, I Arnold's feel like head they did. or they something. They literally did his alarm clock, just not with a potato. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Like I feel like yeah. that's something they would have done. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing beyond it. Um, and mm-hmm. then yeah, for for our listeners, this is another one of those categories we did not do in season one, so we're gonna throw it back to season one. I for season one would have a wanky land pencil that's sharpened all the way down to it's the base. Pre-sharpened. <laughs> even better yet, if it's not like, it's not even that it's a, it was a, ever a full wanky land pencil. It just came to you with just literally the eraser and then just the like the <laughs> little nub. I wrote, I wrote a chode pencil or a chode sill, if you will. Um, I would have a little, maybe like a foam brick mm-hmm. and then stick a toothpick into it. Oh. And then like, put the, the pencil on the end of the toothpick. So it's almost like it's being held up as if you would, present like a bottle of something yeah like something on like a stand that yes i know the I, stand I should that. look like the fire alarm and it's got like resin on it that looks like peanut butter like stains or some shit like that'd be kind of cool i know someone <laughs> with the 3d printer oh that would be great eric That's my er- season one at eric's pictures <laughs> or <laughs> that guy too yeah. yes okay cool yeah um and season two was really tough uh, i wrote down four things that i would consider having uh, one would be the Emily Dickinson trophy. One would be a wacko watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, one would be the Torah. And then the fourth would be a miniature of Arnold's float. That would be cute. Yeah, that would be really because cute. Least... I'm kind of leaning towards the Torah because I feel like that's something you would only get from a cartoon. It, it's it's something that was made for this show. Uh-huh. Uh, so you would be able to get it. Uh, and people would know that it was from Hey Arnold and not for any other, <laughs> other thing. So it really stands out. So yeah. Like a, like an Arnold alarm clock. The the Emily Dickinson trophy though, you could turn that into like you could like mod that and turn it into like a home assistant that like nags you and stuff. And, oh my god, it could be yeah. insert smart home thing yes. of your choice here because if I say a name, it'll activate mine. Yes, you would just stick it on top of the Echo Dot. Basically, yeah, it would just be like a modular issue, and then yeah, and then you know it, it'll talk to you in that. And then she's <laughs> bottom lit when she speaks. Oh my god, yeah. Hell yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. All right. Count it. So in uh, season, my season one merch pick, uh, which would, it could be a companion piece to your official Wanky Land pencil replica. Um, mm. It would be a Wanky Land branded pencil sharpener, hand, hand operated, of course, crank style, uh, that mm. when you crank it down, it just plays curly going, sharpening, sharpening, sharpening. Like oh, for as long yeah. as you sharpen said pencil, I just always like the look of it too. Uh, for in terms of season two, uh, you know how people will like frame jerseys of like famous athletes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I would want just uh, Gerald's bleached shirt from Gerald moves out because he doesn't know how to do his own laundry. It would be really cool to just like oh, wait, yeah, yeah, have That's that one. have that framed and on the wall. And then yeah, I mean we we come up to our last category, which is uh, what are we looking ahead to for next season? What comes into mind, specific or non-specific? Yeah. I personally, I think season, I think slash hope again, I don't want to jinx it, but I did just glance at, I glanced at the list yeah. and I'm like psyched for every single episode, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, it's where I, I think slash hope season three is where like the good stuff again, like the, like the pinnacle 
hey Ar- of hey arnold stuff yeah. really comes and hopefully stays and is just overall more consistent of an ex- yeah. of, of a viewing experience i mean definitely like more character studies i'm looking towards i just hope yeah more of what i liked in small spurts and bursts this season but i hope just more much more consistently so that's yeah. really that's what i'm getting at here when i was looking up just like episodes and like opinions and thoughts and stuff just to like kind of test my gut against things like you see that people are like really laud season two and three together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just after watching season two and feeling how i feel about it it makes me feel very hopeful as well that season three kind of carries that torch right because i'm realizing now I've, i think i've said this in a couple episodes but i'm realizing now that like all the seasons for me didn't really like have any lines between them as a kid like i just mm-hmm. kind of hey arnold period yeah right? it's on um, so watch it yeah yeah exactly and a lot of like the the key episodes that i really enjoy or remember are kind of peppered throughout so far season mm-hmm. one and even just looking through the list from season three i'm realizing that's going to be uh probably the same but even maybe even a little bit more top heavy um mm-hmm. with you know a lot a lot more kind of centralized in here um which is yeah there, there are episodes that i by title i'm already really stoked about because <laughs> i remember and like really snaps is in there like let's let's go and then i also did a little bit of a synopsis read and i didn't remember that in school dance coming up that it's about dino singing like debbie downer's sad basically songs. yeah it's... and that is 100 percent my strategy <laughs> at any public karaoke venue <laughs> is to incredibly perform really sad debbie downer songs can I ask? Can I ask what you what you would what you would uh, whip out at a, in a moment such as that, song wise? So, so my latest one to lean on has been um, "When I Was Your Man" by Bruno Mars. Oh shit! Of course, because that's one you <laughs> like. You hold the mic with two hands, and you and you can have your shoulders up the entire time. <laughs> oh shit you can break in the falsetto because okay. it's bruno mars and he's like incredibly talented yeah or you can nail it because yeah. uh you know you're classically trained uh, i'd go um, i'd go up after you and sing listen to your heart by roxanne exactly and then mash up fucking at the end during the big finish hit a, hit him with just interpolate just a little bit of hearts alone it's the same mm-hmm. exact fucking progression and it sounds exactly the same yes exactly but yeah, you heard it here first, everybody. If you want to be the actual funny person at karaoke instead of singing tequila, pick a sad song. Pick the saddest song that you know <laughs> and time it to be maybe like, okay, depending on how long you have your karaoke machine for or like if you're at a venue and you have like someone doing karaoke, you want to be like the start of the double digits. So you want to be like number 11 or 12. <laughs> so people are starting to think about pulling out like yeah, yeah, the journeys yeah. or yeah, like yeah. Bohemian Rhapsodies and you're right in the height of the night, <laughs> your objective is to fucking ruin it so the person that's next has to sing their song <laughs> while knowing that you crushed it singing a really sad one. Basically. Yep. Well played. Well played. That's the strats. <laughs> Do it on all your company off-sites. Right, dude. Well, that's... Yeah, that's crazy. That's season two. Um, we did it. We did it. We did it. Wow. And... I'm bruised. Just a little bit, a little. What was that? What does Zap say in this new episode? He's like, "This, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy and bruised." The spirit is willing, but if I have to watch <laughs> partner or not partners, best friends and teacher strike. Watch best friends strike again. I will literally kill myself on live television. 
stop saying that? <laughs> I think you should leave is so good. I do have time. cause. So it's good. because I hate him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I hope you die, Harley Jarvis. <laughs> was that wait, was that an always sunny reference? No, that was, was again, I think you should leave. Oh, I think you should leave. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Wow, I didn't have a sunny reference this Damn. episode. Damn. Oh, it's okay. I'm sure there'll be plenty more opportunities. There's like 60 more episodes, I think, to go. Yeah, 20, 20 like a pop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, y'all. So, yes, again, uh, you will not feel the space of this hiatus whatsoever. But when the time comes, you will again catch us on the podcast platform of your choice as we go into season three, starting with actually a really strong opener uh helga blabs it all and harold the butcher so that'll be really fun to to, to get to mm. when we are back in it and you know um the real mr simmons moral is the friends you make along the way i think the best friends you make yes, along the, the way. best friends you make along the way whilst boycotting whilst uh, actively opposing a teacher strike because of how it affects you and not the teachers so yeah <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, enjoy yourselves. Uh, and between seasons, just remember to never eat raspberries so you don't miss a second of the action and the fun. Mm-hmm.